0: Hi, this is Julie. This is Liz. This is
1: Sheila. This is Monica. This is Leanne. We are the Satellite Sisters. You are listening to Satellite Sisters To Go. Yes, we are the Satellite Sisters, and welcome to our show. It is Sunday, September 27th. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm in Santa Monica, California. With three of my sisters, Sheila uh, emailed yesterday and said she was a little under the weather, so sending our best wishes out to Sister Sheila, who also has a birthday this week, Mm -hmm. so we won't get to wish you happy birthday on the show, but uh, take care of yourself, so Monica Dolan, you're in Portland, Oregon, how are you? Good, great to be here, it's been a couple of weeks Yeah
2: yeah. So, well,
1: we figured you were on the picket lines at the View speaking for all, on behalf of all nurses. <laughs> I was just working. I think
0: is what I was That's doing. what most nurses are doing. They're just, <laughs> right. they're I just working.
1: Right. All right. Julie Dolan, are you still in Brooklyn on assignment or are you home in Dallas, Texas? I, am, I have returned home from my assignment in Brooklyn. Yes. Right.
0: Uh, my work is done for the moment, but <laughs> I, I sense that at any moment I may
1: be called back to the front okay. lines. Yep. Yeah. Anytime there's a rip in the social safety net up there in Brooklyn. Uh and Leandola in Pasadena, California. How's everything with you?
3: Liz, it's just still hot, so just move on because I, I I can't stand it.
1: No kidding. I, I mean, I, I live in a much cooler it. part of town than you do, being by the Pacific Ocean and all. It was so hot yesterday. That's no. why I went to the movies. I just couldn't, I couldn't think of anything to do but go to the movies. Okay. So, And Julie, I think you and I both went to the same movie yesterday. We're going to have some discussion later on in the show about Black Mass, the new mm-hmm. Johnny Depp movie about Wendy Bulger, right? Yes, indeed, Liz. mm-hmm, very interesting. We've talked about Whitey a lot. He was sort of a friend of the family
3: so, <laughs> so you're, Ima- imaginary friend of the family so well, really not that imaginary That's sort true. of That's true. Yeah. yeah we are we are connected to
0: a
1: gangster I just, know. let's go ahead and say that. Yeah. I just want to say Benedict Cumberbatch in the movie plays a very close friend of our father's. That's yep. what we're going to say here That's, oh really? yes, yes, Leon. Yes. Yes. Benedict Cumberbatch plays Billy Bulger. Oh, okay. So there's only one degree there. Well, two degrees from us to Benedict now. Well,
0: and also Kevin Bacon's in the movie, speaking of degrees, (laughs) you know. (laughs)
1: Uh, Anyway, so uh, we also, Monica, as a VW owner, Monica, you're going to weigh in on the whole VW scandal, correct?
2: Yeah. I got some dilemmas.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Got some dilemmas as a VW owner. Um, I have a little bit of an Emmy uh, Awards report, because uh, last Sunday, as we recorded, I was about to run out. I was in my 48-hour drill, and so I did successfully get to the Emmys, attend all the events, and I just have some observations on that. Um, and, Leanne, of course, uh, you were very closely monitoring all Pope news this week, so you're, you, got, you got that
3: all covered for the Satellite Sisters today, right? I do, Liz. it's one of the benefits of working at home, Mm -hmm. (laughs) being able to watch TV all day. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, you know, I work at a television network. I could have turned on my TV all day. That's what I
3: was thinking. (laughs) I was surprised you weren't watching when we were, I was texting back and forth, my outrage over Sandra Lee kissing the Pope. I saw
2: that, leigh I saw that. Uncalled for. What is she doing there? I don't. I know what she's doing there. I know what she's
1: doing there.
3: Right. Okay. Uh,
1: Anyway, um... But first, we have three separate notes about very exciting Satellite Sisters goings-on. First, Julie, you have this week's contest winners.
0: Yes, this is very exciting. It is not too late to get involved with um, either at our Facebook group or on Instagram at Sat YTB. We want you to put up pictures of your Satellite Sisters and tell us why they are your Satellite Sisters. And... Sisters, can you, are, am I correct? Like, if you have any kind of low moment during the week, if you just go to our Facebook page or if you go to the Instagram account and you see all these wonderful groups of smiling friends, doesn't it make you happy? Yes. Mm -hmm. How about about
1: smiling friends in costumes with musical instruments? I know. (laughs) What? Yes. Yes. It is hard to beat some of these photos. The (laughs)
0: Lilies of the West. Okay. They get a special (laughs) honorary mention this week. It is a random drawing. Okay. They are a bluegrass group, but you have to uh, please go to that picture and like it because it's outstanding. But this week's winner on the Facebook page is Terry Deshawn, and she put up a fantastic group of... Of Her satellite sisters, including a satellite mister, and they're part of Team Carmen. They were helping one of their friends who was going through surgery, and so they are this week's winner. They are going to receive a copy of our new book, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship, when it comes out in October. Um, On the Instagram account, this week's winner is Dandy's Mom. These are two totally cute women. They're at a Vikings game. And they have been, they're dressed in purple, of course, and they have been friends for 40 years. How about? Oh, that was
3: a cute shot. I remember that. That was was a
0: really, really cute shot. So we're going to be, we're going to be announcing winners every week. Okay. And so you can please post a picture of you and your friends. Tell us why they're your satellite sisters. We love these pictures. We want to put it together in a slideshow to use at some of our public events. Um, and they're, they're really fun to see. So, Terry and Dandy's mom, you need to contact us at infosatellitesisters.com at so we can get your mailing addresses and send you
1: a copy of the book. Yeah, and can I just say, last week's winners were, like, right on the money getting to us with their mailing addresses. Like, yes, they right. like, oh, Yeah, well done. <laughs> People are listening right away. They're on the edge of their seats. So, okay, congratulations to the contest winners. Mm-hmm. Next big announcement today that I uh, I teased a little bit uh, on the Facebook group uh, earlier in the week is that we have a new event to announce. So. Calling all of you Minnesota Satellite Sisters, or really anyone in the Midwest. This is the closest we're going to get, we think. Uh, (laughs) But I just want to say that on November 14th, uh, we will be appearing in St. Paul, Minnesota, at at a bookstore named Subtext. So Subtext in St. Paul. It'll be, that's a Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m., Saturday at 4 p.m. And the two sisters who will be representing... On November 14th at Subtext in St. Paul is myself and our sister, Sheila. So that seems like a very strong team. Well, you know, we we put together a Northern Cone team, Julie, (laughs) because you and Leon are doing the Southern Cone, right? You have some special events coming up in Texas that you organized on your own and you're executing. And so Sheila and I thought we could just take responsibility for Minnesota. So that's what we're doing. November 14th, Subtext in St. Paul. We'll post all the info um, on Facebook and on our website at SatelliteSisters.com. There's a whole events calendar. So we urge you to go there if, uh, if you want to check any of our dates in you know New York on October 30th, Pasadena, November 8th, and now St. Paul uh, November 14th. And, uh, and if you want to bring us to your town and you have an organization that wants to do that, you can also just let us know. And there are instructions there about how to do that.
3: So we're looking forward to seeing you twin cities. We cannot wait. And this week, Julie, you're going to preview some things to do um, in Brooklyn. I know because oh, people yeah. were asking. They're excited to come to the Brooklyn event. You scouted out the location. So this this week's Tuesday show is actually going to be on Wednesday. On Wednesday. <laughs> you'll and I'm gonna hear why. It, I'm going to
0: have it all. I have planned your fun evening. I, you there's so many cute places to go. I know exactly what you need to do. Before and after our event, so right. we're all set. Okay? Oh, that's
3: and good. Just okay. one note: we are looking to try to set up something um, in Dallas the first week in December. Julie and I. Um, it's very hard to get into bookstores these days, particularly around the holidays. So we're trying to set up a public event. Um, but if you happen to know the manager of the Barnes and Noble, uh, where is that Barnes and Noble? That's Julie? on
0: Preston Road and Royal. If you know them, you please uh, them put call. in a
3: good word. Put in a good word for. <laughs> us yes. Yes. swing by this <laughs> afternoon if you can and just say we'd love to have them because <laughs> we have struck out at several other facilities so we're trying but uh okay. there you yep. go and
0: we're gonna announce that soon we hope to
3: lock that yeah. in
1: place yep. yeah yep. yep.
3: Okay so St Paul is what's the date November 14th, November 14th
1: Saturday November 14th 4pm at subtext. With
3: Monica I think you'll agree 4pm is an excellent time don't oh, you think? Wow, we yeah. Thought yeah, we 7 would be dark and cold.
2: Yeah whole day to get there we can go out to dinner afterwards. That's
1: what we were thinking. I was really thinking
3: of yeah. Sheila's blood sugar really yeah.
2: is Saturday's
3: the (laughs) best. All right, and also coming up in celebration of "You're the Best," we have put together a series of encore interviews. Some of our favorite satellite sister guests from the past, and some of these are going way back to our ABC Radio days. But that means they sound great, and uh, (laughs) (laughs) because we had an engineer in a studio, yes, full staff. Yeah, I mean, so even though we were like in 12 different cities, we still sound fantastic. Um, but it has been such a pleasure to re-listen to these interviews. We have taped new intros, so you get a feeling of what was happening behind the scenes or what it's like to listen to these interviews now, um, years later. And we're going to roll them out, one a week, starting on this Thursday. Every Thursday, there'll be a new You're the Best Encore interview posted. We would love you to listen to these, and we would love you to share these because these are pretty special. And the first one that we are posting this week is Nora Ephron. And, oh, oh this interview. You're just
0: going to love it. You're going to love
3: it. And they're free, too. Did you say they're free? <laughs> yes. Yes. <Yeah>. yes. <laughs> like most everything else we do. Free. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Someday we're going to work on that. But <laughs> Nora, Nora, Nora Ephron interview, uh, honestly, it will it will make you cry. Well, everything makes me cry these days. But that, it was just a vintage Nora Ephron. She's funny, she's smart, she's prophetic, and it was amazing to listen to that interview, especially because we just lost her way too young. Uh, So I think you'll enjoy that, and if you have a friend who you think would enjoy that, even if they've never heard Satellite Sisters, they will enjoy hearing this Nora Ephron interview. After that, the next one up is Julia Louis Dreyfus. Very, very funny interview with uh, a very funny woman, Julia Louis Dreyfus, who won like, I think it's her 107th Emmy last week uh, for Veep, and then after Julia Louis-Dreyfus, we have the man of the hour, J.J. Abrams, who, of course, is directing the new Star Wars movie coming out in December, Um, but we had him when he was uh, executive producing Alias, so we're going (laughs) way back and... I think I gave JV Abrams some pretty good tips. <laughs>
1: <laughs> His career really seems to have panned out since you gave him a talking to, Leon. Yes. which storylines you were most interested in? <laughs>
3: yeah, I gave him some good tips. Uh, so uh, those are coming out the every Thursday we'll be posting one starting this week with Noor Ephron.
1: Uh, yeah, these were really great to listen to, so uh, enjoy and share as Leon said. Okay, Leon. It's uh, yeah. Pope it was a
3: big week. Let's say I was really excited to watch the Pope. I have to say, Um, you know, of course we were raised Catholic, and he's just doing a bang up job. I think as Pope, I don't need to reiterate what Chris Cuomo has said a thousand times this week, bringing people back to the church. <laughs> he, Chris Cuomo by yesterday afternoon in Philadelphia, he was literally foaming at the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> But as someone who works out of the house, uh, I just happened to have a very thin schedule this week. I didn't have to go a lot of places. So I had the TV on all day. Not something I normally do. I like to work in complete silence. I can't have a radio on or a TV on. But I could not pull myself away from all of the pictures, the great footage of him in the Pope Mobile, in the Fiat, addressing the U.N., addressing Congress, you know, meeting with prisoners, meeting with the homeless. First of all, he must be exhausted, don't oh,
1: Right. Oh. What a schedule he's had. Yeah. He's
3: 78 years old. He's I really know. He's really pushing it. And he has sciatica, Liz, as we oh. all know now. So <laughs> <laughs> oh, I missed that detail.
2: Okay. <laughs> Chris Cuomo was on that. Lee and I did get to see the other day at work, Don't Tell My Boss i was working in between but i got to see the mass he said at ground zero so that and i saw it live the live feed and that was really really moving and that was like the most coverage i saw all week except for i've been enjoying the pictures
3: yeah i mean he's just he is clearly a very thoughtful very bright guy who is incredibly articulate Every speech that I've listened to has been, you know, very carefully worked and crafted and specific and targeted. And he just gives you a lot to think about, no matter, you know, where you're coming from or where you're going to, he has a lot to say. And to listen to him in English, you just, you really have to focus in. Like in in this day and age when we're so, you know, to terrorized by technology To see people just literally sitting on the edge of their seat, focused in on what the Pope says, that was extraordinary. But just so many great pictures, and he seemed to be enjoying so much of it. And I have to say, when he got in that Fiat, when that that Fiat pulled up to the front of the White House, that may have been one of the greatest visuals I've ever seen. You know? There's like... 2,700-member military band, like yeah. flags. The president, Mrs. Obama, waiting there. And here comes the Pope sh- jammed in the back of that Fiat. It's unbelievable.
1: I know, it had a little bit of a clown car effect. Yeah. Because it was also surrounded by all the giant SUVs and the security phalanx. <laughs> but
0: but I, just,
1: you know, it made me on. think of mom and dad, though. Yeah.
0: Wouldn't they have loved this yeah. event? I mean, first of all, they they love you know sort of events that provide wall to wall TV coverage. They would have been totally in on that.
1: <laughs> right. Then the
0: fact that it was the Pope. Oh my gosh, they would not have missed a moment of this, you know. And uh, I was thinking a lot about them this week. But you know, it was on everywhere too. Even when I was flying back yesterday in the terminal, there was you know there was the Mass in Philadelphia. People at my gate were singing the religious songs along <laughs> Really? The,
1: yes. Oh it was, wow. Yeah, that was Yes, at LaGuardia. Yes. Wow. I mean, I could see
3: people. Let
1: there be peace on earth and let it start at LaGuardia.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think that was just it. There seemed to be a very genuine spirit everywhere. Just a spirit of coming together and of celebration and of joy. Uh, There was, you know, relief, I think, in many places. Just you know, there was just a, a real coming together. I mean, New York, none of those cities ever looked better. D.C. looked no. beautiful. New York looked fantastic. I mean, that parade through Central Park was amazing. Our cousins, Tommy and Lynn, were there. I saw they posted on Facebook with the <laughs> papal flag. I like that. You know, St. Patrick's Cathedral, uh, he is not a relation, but Cardinal Dolan did an amazing job. He could be a cousin. I mean, he was funny, wasn't he? <laughs> Didn't a- Cardinal Dolan come from the Twin Cities?
1: Isn't He did, yeah.
3: Yeah, okay. Yeah. So- yeah, yeah I know
1: we have many listeners who know him even better than we do. But, Liam, yeah. you're claiming him as family now. Just well, me. he was,
3: I mean, he cracked a couple of good jokes. Started with the joke, ended with the joke. Very strong. Reminded me of um, our brother Jim's wedding toast, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a Dolan touch. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, what was can't most— be
0: that, I mean, the whole week, the messages were, you know, peace, love, forgiveness, right. mercy, compassion, take mm-hmm. care of your brother— I mean yeah. isn't that better than what we've been listening to?
3: You I, know, think I mean that was
0: actually yes. the contrast
3: between you know the debates or this or that or just the infighting the just we just have some vicious public dialogue these days that is so negative. It was just a relief to have first of all that push to the side of the media coverage and secondly just something positive to kind of focus yes. in on, even if you didn't agree yeah. with every word mm-hmm. so I
1: predict that um Mercy is going to make a big
3: comeback as a girl's name. <laughs> I think that. I was thinking Francis oh. was also going to be a big name, mm-hmm. you know? I think there are going to be a lot of little Frannies and Franceses running around. And Frank's. Well, just like yep. the 50s. Just yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, no, I, I have just, I have enjoyed every moment. I'll be sad next week. You know, I'm like, when, now that I don't have something to watch. It's like having the Olympics end. It, yeah. it is, Liz. That's exactly the way I feel. Like, I even tolerated Brian Williams because sometimes there was a gap in the coverage and I had to turn to NBC. I mean, let's face it. Who knew there were that many Jesuits who were slash media experts as well? I mean, that, they pulled out every Jesuit in America. <laughs> I, so, I ha- I have enjoyed every moment of it, and I'm glad mainly that everyone stayed safe and that the Pope stayed safe. That seems uh, that was obviously a huge concern. I've never seen so much security; that was unbelievable. But they were awesome. Did you see those security people running alongside the Pope mobile? The whole thing was just really. I would have uh, enjoyed sorry. seeing
1: some Swiss guard running along. Yes, next <laughs> to the Pope mobile.
3: That- I like the female. There was the one blonde with the long <laughs> blonde hair. Did you see her? She was tough. No. Yeah. <laughs> she looked like Madam Secretary running alongside the but, um, So But I was wondering the whole time, when is he eating and what is he eating? I was concerned because he's so exhausted. So the Yahoo was running a little thing in New York. You know, the celebrity chef Lydia, the Italian chef Lydia. Oh, yeah, yeah. She was cooking privately for him in the house. Oh, and nice. so, That's yes. And so she said, you know, they, they, he's supposed to eat a healthy diet because his doctor wants him to lose 15 pounds, but he was eating tomato salad and lobster. He had some veal with porcini mushrooms. Mm. She made him some angel food cake, which seems funny, uh, <laughs> risotto with truffles. And, uh, one day after lunch, she came back into the kitchen and shared an espresso with them and thanked everybody oh. and, uh, and gave them a rosary. So that's, wow. <laughs> that's totally wow. awesome.
1: So I can see why it would be easy to gain weight if you wore the Pope outfit all day to work. You know that that outfit covers. But it a, is
0: white, Liz. You it know? covers a lot of
1: sins, though, Julie. It does
0: hide a lot. It's just right. very,
1: you know, like they tell us not to wear stretchy pants so much, and uh, I
3: think the Pope costume works the same way. I did. Well, first of all, it's not a costume. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so, but I did think it was funny on our Facebook page that several Satellite Sisters expressed that they thought that translator was pretty cute. Yeah. <laughs> young the, little priest, pope. Yeah, the, the young little priest pope. that was with them the whole time. I was like, I don't know if you're allowed to say that, but <laughs> <laughs> Father, what a waste in the back seat of the <laughs> Mobile. <laughs> so, anyway, it was a fantastic week. I, I really enjoyed it. So, well, uh, you know, I... I I've, I posted
1: this earlier on my uh, Twitter feed. If you follow SS Liz, that it was a, it was a great week if you're Fiat, but another terrible week if you're VW. You yeah. know, it was just car, cars in the news. I know. Speaking of that, this
2: Monica. So everywhere I looked this week, all I saw were man buns. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you, now that you guys have put it in my mind. Man buns are everywhere in Portland. All I saw were man buns and VW Jetta diesel wagons. (laughs) (laughs) Just It seems to be like every third car in Portland is a VW Jetta diesel wagon. I was just surrounded by them because, of course, it's top of mind. And you know I've had a very long relationship with VW. Yes, yes, it has been a lifelong VW driver. My first very first car I ever owned was a rabbit, VW Rabbit. Then I had a golf, little red golf, the same car as Leon, and now I drive a VW Passat Passat wagon. And I really like the way they drive. They're sporty. I like they have understated, sort of classy interiors, I think, for a pretty cheap car or mid range price car. <laughs> So my car is 15 years old. So I'm thinking about what is going to be my next VW because I would also, I would like to continue buying a VW. So i like the little Tiguan. Do you guys know, know what that car is? Yeah. It's, yeah. I
1: never knew how to pronounce it though. So thank you.
2: Tiguan. It's a all wheel drive, little sort of compact, sporty SUV. But then I read about, and this was two weeks ago. Now things have changed. But two weeks ago, I read that VW was going to come out with a Golf Sport Wagon in 2016, and it was going to have all-wheel drive and high clearance, and it was going to be available in a six-speed manual with diesel engine, and I thought, that is going to be my car. And they're bringing it out to rival, to sort of go up against the Subaru, Mm -hmm. which um, so I thought, that's it. I'm going to wait till 2016 when I can test drive this Golf Sport Wagon with all-wheel drive. But then everything changed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> everything changed. I mean, it's just like, I just don't know if I can do it. Like, after VW, just the cold, calculated corporate deception of VW just to dupe the consumers. Mm -hmm. I just don't know if I can go forward with VW Mm -hmm. or I'm thinking, you know, in a couple of years, are people going to forget? Are they going to forget the big
1: scandal, emission scandal
2: and move
1: on? I don't know. I don't know. I think it's going to be in the news for a long time. When you look at, I mean, we've been talking about the investigation,
2: the cars and
1: Yeah. But this is just we've just been looking at the United States. Now criminal proceedings are starting in Italy, Switzerland, Germany, and South Korea just this week. You know, you kinda wonder like how are they as a company really gonna get through this? They the one CEO resigned this week and they appointed this new guy, Matthias Mueller, is the new CEO, and you gotta feel sorry for him because until Monday he was the CEO of Porsche. <laughs> which seems like a pretty good job. It's the world's best job. <laughs> yeah. If you're in the
3: car. Yeah, we're just going to keep bringing out the same car every year, and people will love it. (laughs) So, you know,
1: from the frying pan into the fire for um, Mueller, and he's got to figure out what to do about all of this. You just wonder how a company recovers from something this massive, particularly on the diesel car side. Monica, you're right. The, the whole Jetta TDI. I mean, you see those all over. Those are the big diesel cars. So a friend of mine posted a sad photo of his car on his Facebook uh, page this week with the caption, my Lance Armstrong edition of the Jetta TDI.
3: (laughs) 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 I mean, it's not funny, though. You know, Jennifer and Satellite Sisters Group, she just bought one. I mean, they're worth nothing now. There's no resale value for those cars. It's done. It's 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 over. over. And don't you feel
0: like, Monica, you're sort of, like, tainted driving around in a VW? Like, still, you know, I mean, there's no backlash that way. I mean, because the consumers were duped. I mean, it wasn't. yeah.
1: I mean, yeah, think that it's, I think that's the worst part of it—the cold, calculated, just lying to the buyer of your product. I saw some woman on the news who said, "I just think they need to buy the car back for the it, same price I paid for it," which is, I price which price I, price. I I yeah. agree. That's like the only fair thing to do because what else are you going to do with these cars? Right. If they can't really pass emissions tests, and you know you're polluting, and you can't resell them. It's really a terrible thing to do to your consumers.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's just – they just said it was just ambition out of control. They wanted to be the biggest car company in the world, and they wanted to own the diesel market, and they, they didn't care how they got there. Unbridled ambition. So that's yeah. – yeah, I wouldn't go buy a new VW because you don't know where the company's going to be in five years. It could not exist, really. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Monica. Uh, I think so- you're going to have to get a Subaru like everyone else in Oregon. <laughs> uh, everyone
2: else on my street. Let's I just know. Oregon. Every <laughs> yeah. single person on my street. That's what I was thinking. I guess I'm going to have to buy a Subaru. Well, uh, hopefully, my car will last another couple of years. And maybe I should put a sign on the back, not a diesel.
1: And <laughs> <laughs> I think you should think seriously about a Fiat. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe there's a high clearance four wheel drive Fiat coming no. your way.
2: Yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> I want to give you guys a little update on my fence because I know people asked. Um, So I'll just give you a little backstory. The contractor who's building the monster house next door, and that's what I refer to it now as the monster house, um, tore down my fence without getting the complete okay from me but he built a very nice fence a new fence along that side and he also built a new gate for me so that was our that's what we agreed upon because i expressed some outrage after he tore down my fence without my permission so i need to replace the rest of my fence around my yard it's falling down i thought i would wait till the new new part of the fence went up so i got a couple of quotes from fencing contractors And they came over and they said it would be two days. They come in one day, tear down the old fence, put up the post. The next day the crew comes and they just put up a brand new fence. So two days in and out, but I had to wait a while to get it. So then I started talking to my nice neighbor who's a landscaper. Uh -uh. (laughs) We'll We'll just call him Bob, okay? Okay, so Bob has done some landscaping projects for me before. He did like this whole French drain system. I love him. He's a great neighbor. Uh, He's a good friend of mine. And he told me that he could do fences and decks that he has done many fences before. And he asked me, could I have, he, he sort of begged me for the work. He said, I really need the job. I'd really do a good job for you. You know I would. And I said, but, you know, Bob, the other guy can do it in two days. He goes, well, um, he's a one-man band. Mm-hmm. He said, I can't do it in two days. But <clears throat> he told me it would be t- two weeks. But I'm telling you right now, it's not going to be two weeks. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I agreed. Um, <laughs> I decided to hire Bob because I thought it was the right thing to do because mm-hmm. he needed the work. He gave me a little bit cheaper bid but I knew it would take longer so he started on Monday so on Friday night I had friends over he started work on Monday and was supposed to be working on it full-time Friday night I had friends over and I took him outside we took a look at the fence so a small portion of the fence has been torn down and there were four posts in this was after a week of work Mm -hmm. Um. There's going to be 24. So at this rate, we're looking. <laughs> <laughs> do,
3: do you get where I'm at? Yeah. yeah. We, can, we
1: can do the math. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we didn't
3: even need to do the math. As soon as you started the story, we knew where this was headed. We knew where this <laughs> yeah. was
2: going. Well, Leanne, I'm going to tell you, my friend Joan put her hand on my arm. She said, "Monica, remember the message of Pope Francis. Stay oh, pretty. Take right. care of your neighbors." Charity begins at home. The golden rule. So I'm just here to tell you. In six months. When that fence is finished. I'm just going to refer to it now. As the Pope Francis fence. (laughs) It's. Pope Francis fence every time I go out there and I look and there's like one board nailed up I'm hoping for Thanksgiving
3: yeah you are one woman resisting globalization and I admire that it's it's quality work it's personal it's
2: personal personal you know how there's a
1: slow food movement in Portland you've now got the slow fence movement just one board, one perfect board at a time. Uh, the Pope Francis so, so fence. Uh, you're going to enjoy that every time you look at it, maybe in the future. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, all right. On last Sunday's show, I was in the middle of uh, the final hours of my 48-hour drill. I was attending the Emmy Awards because it's part of my job. I am a uh, – sometimes I – Forget myself, too. <laughs> I am an actual television executive here in Hollywood, uh, but because i don 't work on anything in the United States it 's easy to forget that you 're part of this larger entertainment world uh, but So last week, I went to the Emmy Awards, which i don 't know if you guys saw the show, but it was but Andy Sandberg was the host, and I just love him. I think he 's super funny, but in a goofy, sweet kind of way. I thought it was a very entertaining show. Did anyone watch
3: I you know? watched about half. Okay, And then we, yeah, I All watched right. about half. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and I would agree. He was super charming and funny. Yeah. yeah.
1: So the, uh, and then afterwards, there were a couple of other events that um, I needed to go to, including one that was um, held by the studio and the network that I work for. So 20th Century Fox, the studio, and Fox, the television network that that aired the show. They had an after party. And that's where, you know, the you know, people like me get invited, but the main guests are the people that are either were just in the show or that are in other shows that the studio, uh, makes. So even a show like modern family, which is on ABC, it's actually made by 20th century Fox. So they're always there and 20th century Fox makes empire. So I knew they would be there anyway, I knew there would be some fun people there. So, so I went and that's my favorite part of the whole evening. Um, because you can actually like stand right next to people or even talk to them. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, so when I went to the party, I actually got to talk to someone I'm going to tell you about who is just adorable and you have to support his new show. And I got to stare at from a distance someone else who was not allowing any like up close and personal photos or selfies. Uh, so you had the whole range of the sort of celebrity experience. Um, at the far end of the range, the one who was surrounded by her own personal security was Lady Gaga and oh. because she's one of the stars of the new season of uh, American Horror
3: Story. That's right. Good, I've seen the promos, Liz. Thought yes. You.
1: And I got to say, she looked amazing. And she was, I don't, I mean, she was talking to people that were she deemed to be in her circle of appropriate people to talk to. But, that like, I had guests there that were, like, people from our channel in Italy. And they had just taken a selfie with Cookie from Empire. Like, Taraji, oh. Taraji P. Henson was taking a picture with anyone. Anyone. And uh, Lady Gaga was like, mm, not so fast. She was not really doing that. Uh, but everyone enjoyed just staring at her. There is an element to some of these Hollywood parties where I feel really sorry for the stars because it's like they're zoo animals or something thing that people just <laughs> honestly people just stand and stare at them uh and particularly our international guests were just very happy to be in the same room with lady gaga but then later on in the evening i had a chance to chat with uh the adorable fred savage who, oh. you know you know fred savage from the wonder years mm-hmm. and um the and since then he's had a very successful career as a um television director so he's been behind the camera doing his own thing and very successful and but he has a new show that starts this week which is called The Grinder and I don't normally promote shows on our show uh but he is one star and Rob Lowe is the other and uh I gotta say this is a really sweet funny charming hilarious show because the premise for the show is that um that Rob Lowe has been the star of a TV drama. You know, imagine like he's the star of L.A. Law kind of show. And Mm -hmm. then a show gets canceled and he comes back to his hometown and thinks the best idea is he could practice law with his brother, Fred Savage, (laughs) who is a real lawyer. And who has been actually practicing law all this time? So you, so it's it's a really adorable brother story between the two brothers, Rob Lowe and Fred Savage, and it's a role where Rob Lowe is basically spoofing Rob Lowe because he's mm-hmm. spoofing the whole idea of what it is to be a big TV star. Anyway, it's a charming, funny show, and. Um, Anyway, so I had a chance to talk to him a little bit about it, and it's so cute when you see these, like, big stars that are so nervous. He said, you know, we've been making the show since last – day. they would have shot the pilot this spring, and then it got picked up, and now it's in production. It's actually their studio where they shoot that show. It's right outside the door of the building where I work. So, you know, I occasionally see their sets moving around, but I have never seen them. Um, but he's like really nervous. He's like, this is the first week that people are actually going to get to see the show. And I just don't know what people will think. Mm -hmm. And I had screened it that day for all of these guests I had in from around the world. And we don't normally show comedies to international visitors just because it's harder for them to understand. And it's harder for them to use in their countries because comedies are so hard to translate. Whereas dramas or, like, action adventures are super easy to just slap on the air anywhere in the world. And nobody has to – nobody really has to work too hard, like – translating, you know. A car chase. Yes, yes. NCIS pretty much speaks for itself, you know. And uh, anyway, so I told him how much that our audience of international visitors were just laughing out loud listening to it. And he's like, oh, thank you so much for telling me that. That makes me feel so much better. I'm so nervous about this week. So he was a doll to talk to. As is his wife, Jennifer, who was there. And I just want to put that out there. If you just want, like, a nice, fun family comedy, it debuts this week, and Fred Savage, you got to love him. Is it a half
3: hour? Like? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know why. I thought it was an, I thought it was a procedural. Oh, nope. okay. Nope. All right. I'm in. I like the name, The Grinder. It's a good yes. name. Because <laughs> that's one of the funny recurring bits in the show.
1: The Grinder was the name of Rob Lowe's TV show. Mm-hmm. So he's got, I'm The Grinder. So like, there are all these scenes where he's walking through town with Fred Savage and Fred Savage is like, could you please not do this? And could you please not do that? Could you?" Be? And then they'll, they'll like walk into a coffee shop and everyone in the coffee shop will stand up and say, hey, The Grinder. <laughs> <laughs> (laughs) So, uh, anyway, so two really great stars and and otherwise a great cast too. So, so that's this week. Good. And your dress worked out, Liz. Oh, my dress worked out great, Julie. It was so comfortable. And my shoes worked out great. Uh, So comfortable. So funny you should mention that because my next big event, I will be wearing exactly the same thing. And, <laughs> but luckily it's in a foreign country, so nobody will know. And that is next week. I wanted to bring up the new movie, He Named Me Malala. And Leon, and I know you're going to see um a screening of that this week, correct?
3: Yes. And between that movie and The Pope, who knows? I may go into a convent by the end of next week. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I may. I may I may sign up for I don't know, Teach for America or something. <laughs> Did
1: you happen to see Malala on Stephen Colbert this week? No, oh, well, yes. we have the tape. So, so I
3: saw her at the UN listening to the Pope. That yeah.
1: was great. Yeah, she on Stephen Colbert, she was joking about how she didn't get to meet the Pope, but she did get stuck in the Pope's traffic, just like everyone else. <laughs> so, so Malal is obviously an amazing girl. You've talked about her, you know, having to take the SATs because the people at Stanford seem to have no imagination about what a <laughs> Nobel Peace Prize winner might be able to contribute to their student population. Uh, anyway, the um, it premieres this week in the United States, and uh, it's a it's a documentary by Davis Guggenheim about not just about Malala. It's it's entitled He Named Me Malala because it's a lot about her father, and it's about the relationship between uh, the father and the daughter, and um, which is really a fascinating, unusual relationship. So, Lee and I know you're going to get to see it this week, yeah, and so. You can fill everyone in on it on next weekend's show. I'll be away next weekend because I'm actually the, – the London premiere of the movie is uh, next week. So I'm going to be wearing my Emmy Award outfit at the Malala <laughs> premiere. And the reason I'm involved in the Malala thing at all is because National Geographic Channel owns half of that movie. So after it makes its theatrical run – um, we will have it on the National Geographic channel sometime next year. So we've been helping with the marketing of the movie. So just wanted to put it out there. Well worth your effort. Take your kids. She's an amazing story. Go see He Named Me Malala.
3: Yeah, on Tuesday, when I go, Liz, the premiere here in LA is in the morning uh, because 7,000 high school girls will be there with us. Oh, that's so great. That's fantastic.
0: What are you doing? So I
3: can uh, report on that. That's why we're doing the Tuesday show on Wednesday. So, full report on Wednesday about he named Malala. If I have not joined a convent or <laughs> America,
0: before, then I'll just do the show by myself. We'll put that yeah. up there. Put me a note on the Facebook group. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So, we had another movie we were going to talk about, Julie. Yes, we talked about Black Mass. Now, this is, you were just saying that. Uh, the Malala movie, everybody should go to take your children to do not take your children to Black Mass. <laughs> I mean, this this is a dark ride, wouldn't you say? But it, this is the new movie, Black Mass, starring uh, Johnny Depp. And he is playing the gangster Whitey James Bulger. And this is his story. Um, and, but it is it, you are going into the heart of darkness, wouldn't you say? With this yes. movie, Liz? yeah, yes. I would
1: that. say th- this movie basically there are two things going on. There are a lot of pre-dawn meetings between gangsters and the FBI. Yeah, uh, Boston looks great in that pre-dawn light, and then there are a lot of vicious murders. Ooh. If you need anything else, you- you're not going to get it in this movie. But <laughs> but Johnny Depp is amazing. I think, I thought,
0: I think ev- the whole cast is amazing. I mean, Johnny Depp is, is, he is, you really feel that he is this evil, g- evil guy. No doubt about it. But, uh, I was surprised that, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, who plays Johnny, um, uh, Whitey James Bulger, Bulger's brother, Billy, um, he's really good in it. As, as is the, you know, the FBI agent, Joel, Joel Edgerton. Do you mm-hmm. know him? He and he's had-
1: Australian, you know. Oh. The guy, oh, the guy oh. that plays Connolly is an Australian actor, and obviously Benedict Cumberbatch is Britain, but they, they're totally nailing, at least to my ear, uh, the Boston accent.
0: Yeah, and and then Kevin Bacon's in the movie, and as an FBI agent, and he's great in it too. So, you know, of course, we wanted to see this movie because, as we as you started to say at the top of the podcast, that we're connected to Whitey Bulger in, in an indirect way, that mm-hmm. our father. Used to go on a religious retreat every year with Billy Bulger. That that was something that they did. Um, that it was a group of men got together, and uh, there was a Jesuit priest. It was the Jesuit priest who married uh, married you. me. Yes, yes. Uh, would lead this uh, religious retreat, and so our dad would come home every weekend uh, out from out from these weekends, and you know, tell us these stories because Billy would be talking about his brother, Whitey, and some of the, you know, some of the things he was up to. And this was during the 70s when he was at sort of the height of his crime spree in terms of the murders, the drugs, the racketeering, you know, he was involved with all of that. And there was Billy, who was president of the Massachusetts uh, Senate, Senate, So it was like the good, you know, the two brothers, Cain and Abel. Um, it was mm-hmm. a you know classic situation. But we grew up hearing about Whitey Bulger, and then, you know, fast forward fifty <laughs> years, right? Fifty. Yes, years. a long time. Fast forward fifty years, that you know Whitey Bulger escapes, you know, uh, being caught by the FBI, and he's been on the lam in Santa Monica, California. Like three blocks from where our parents lived, you know,
3: <laughs> right. which is it's just, just, I'll never forget that morning on the news when I saw true. the helicopter and I called mom and was like, that is two blocks from your house. She goes, I'm looking at the helicopter right now, <laughs> like the police action taking Mighty Bulger away. It was and the he... million dollars that slipped through their hands that they were so sad about. Yes, they, because because
0: probably the only person in Santa Monica, California, in 2013, that would have been able to identify Whitey Bulger walking down the street was our dad was our father. exactly? He, 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 would, he would have known. But our dad was suffering from Alzheimer's. So if he came if he had told us that he saw Whitey Bulger on the street, we wouldn't
1: have believed him. Right. <laughs> right? That's true. We would have dismissed that as just another fantasy and then that would that would be on us but yeah so it was really think... just an amazing turn of events <laughs> yeah. when whitey was <laughs> in the neighborhood after all these years
0: so but i don't think you have to have that sense of connection to whitey bulger that we do to enjoy this movie i mean this is uh, this the acting in this is superb the scenes are are really, really, uh, you know, gripping some of them. Uh, but it is a very dark, dark movie. So it's not, it's you know, there is there is no happy ending to, to this yeah. movie
1: at all. I, I would just say this, and I hate when people review movies this way, but I'm about to do it. They didn't make the movie that I wanted to see about this story. <laughs> you know, there are two things that I'm really, really curious about uh, with the the Whitey and Billy Bulger story. One is... What really went down between the brothers? I want to know that. And what did they know? How much did they communicate? Ultimately, um, Billy Bulger had to step down from his job. He was the... The president Chance? of the University of Massachusetts. Chancellor. Chance- yes. And yeah. he, had to, he had to step down because of the allegations that he was secretly in contact with his brother while his brother was on the FBI's most wanted list. So I, like, I decided after seeing this movie last night, Julie, that because nobody will ever know what really happened between them, someone just has to write it anyway. I'm I, I, Aaron Sorkin, this is your next job. I would like – or David Mamet or someone like that. Yeah. I just want to know – The story, the Cain and Abel story. And it's obviously touched on a lot in Black Mass, but because nobody really knows, we're never going to see that story. I just want someone to make that up. And then the other part of the movie that I want somebody to make up is what he was doing when he was on the Lamb. Like I want, those to me are the two stories I want. The brother story and the hideout story, particularly hiding out in Santa Monica, California. (laughs) <laughs> but, and then the only other thing I'd say, so that those—I mean, you were, know, he
3: was at that frozen yogurt shop when you, we were there. You Mar- know, you just you know, know it. it. Yeah. he was in Drug Town. No, he must have gone there. Was... Yeah. Uh And
1: another thing I would say about this movie is that there's there's very little about the victims in this movie. I mean, you yeah. see some of the murders, but you don't really get the story of uh, what a vicious um, drug lord kingpin. Uh, Whitey Bulger was and if so if you're interested in the true story uh, CNN did a documentary about this called the people versus James Whitey Bulger and it's on Netflix now and I had watched that originally so it's after the trial so it's talking to all of the people in this environment in South Boston they talk to the feds they they talk to the you know the other um, uh, gangsters and they talk to a lot of the victims so it really knits the story together you know, it's a documentary. It does. It's a different kind of storytelling, totally than Black Mass. So, if you just want to know what actually happened here, uh, the People versus Whitey Bulger I think is a good way to get filled in on that. But- well, Liz,
0: I, I can see you've really developed a subspecialty in Whitey Bulger. <laughs> 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 I mean, they've already made like eight movies about him. I know. I know. Recommending two more. So it's
1: just—it's this. Remember, Mom and Dad's neighborhood is also my neighborhood. So I know <laughs> that he was amongst me. For I want to know how many years was he actually in Santa Monica? We don't know that. We know yeah. they caught him here. Had he really been here the whole time? Anyway, I think I'm always fascinated with the idea of people disappearing and being on the lam. Anyway. So uh, anyway, you're right. It's a small subspecialty. I'm, I'm moving on with my life now. Now that I've seen Black Mass, nobody's ever going to do Whitey Bulger in a movie better than Johnny Depp did.
3: No, it was it's excellent. It's. I think awesome. that brother story should be a stage play. Seems like okay. a stage play to me. So. All right,
1: Leon. There you go. Go for it.
3: <laughs> okay. I'm not
1: sure you could swear as much though. I, that's yeah. why I feel like it needs to be.
3: Oh, you don't know that. You don't. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't. you don't know that.
1: <laughs> uh, okay. Um all right, Urban Nana. Do we have a Urbanana, fun, yes, final I, installment? <laughs> I have a final installment
0: of sort of the random thoughts I had when I'm just walking around with my stroller. You know, I was in uh Brooklyn, I was helping my son and daughter in law. And uh, they have Josephine in a new child care center and they're phasing her in and the phasing in required that they, you know, they needed some help just to have, her, you know, to pick her up uh, because she was not in school or in the child care center for the full day. So I was wandering around uh, the streets of Brooklyn and New York a lot waiting for Josephine and I here are just more random thoughts I had that do you realize that one of the things I that came, came to me is you can literally wear anything in New York City. You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I saw a guy in a later hosen. I saw some other guy wearing tiny little yellow shorts. I saw women women in harem pants that were obviously not in a harem. You know, I mean, you see people in like sheer shirts. I mean, th- there's something about New York City, no matter, you know, I think other places like Dallas, as compared to Dallas, I think there's a more sort of prescribed dress code. You wouldn't, you just wouldn't see, you know, tiny yellow shorts on the street in Dallas, you know, or, you know, you would just or even in Santa Monica. I mean, people have all those UGG boots on. There's more of a uniformity mm-hmm. to what you see. But in New York City, you can wear anything. You want to wear a bed sheet? That is fine, you know. You know what I mean, and it's uh, it's very liberating. It's very, I think it's very liberating, and it's it certainly makes for great people watching because it, you know, it is not the land of khaki pants in in New York City. You know, they're just people are just putting just the oddest combinations of things on and just walking around with it. You know. That's my first thought. Second thought is how much do tattoos cost? Because because <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of them. You know, people have a lot of tattoos. And Were you they, tempted? I, no, but I just was wondering on the cost per tattoo. You know, you they have whole arms, legs, arms and legs. You know, midriffs all tattooed up. Is it? it do people get a lot of tattoos because they're cheap? Or are they spending a higher proportion of their disposable income on tattoos? I just don't know. Are they expensive? (laughs) I don't
1: know. We we might
2: be the only group of four in America. (laughs) No, I think think if you get a big tattoo, it's thousands of dollars. Yeah. Like an artistic one with colors that's big, done by a good artist. I know they're... They must, regular ones are hundreds of dollars. Yes. I mean, well, people are spending a lot of money
0: on tattoos. Okay. That's all I can say. Now, uh, other thing, I'm never going to ride one of those city bikes. Uh, it, do uh, they have those in Los Angeles? I don't know. They but just installed them
1: to. in Santa Monica, Julie. We're testing well, them now in Santa Monica. There's a, there's a whole gang of them about two blocks from my place, which I was okay. very happy to see.
0: I, I just, Monica, do you have those city bikes? In we don't
2: Portland? have them yet, but they're coming to Portland this year. Yeah, I, don't I, I don't know. They're just the traffic, the potholes. The, the, Everybody I just, has a bike here. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So other thing is nobody hands me flyers in New York. What is that? Why why, why don't I get flyers?
1: You know, all the people standing on <laughs> the side of the Because they're all for strip joints, Julie. I, yeah. I mean, they're mainly for strip joints. And you just don't look like the target <laughs> consumer.
0: Uh, and my final thought is New Yorkers know everything. You know what I mean? I, I was walking down because I am... We have a complicated system of transporting Josephine to the child care center. She goes in the morning in a front pack and I bring the stroller in the afternoon so But in the afternoon, I push the stroller rather than carry the stroller, so I'm walking down the street with an empty stroller okay <laughs> so I mean so I had to cut quite a few people that say hey where's your baby? Where'd you lose your baby?" <laughs> <laughs> but i I was on I just I was on Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn, which yeah. okay Liz you you can attest yeah. this is not this is not like Fifth Avenue, this is a <laughs> long way from Fifth Avenue a long I, way. I am pushing my stroller, my empty stroller down the street, and you know there's this guy's on the side of the corner, and as I walk by he 's like, "Hey, really nice stroller, you know and I just <laughs>
3: Hey, at sixty, I take it, (laughs) man. It's like, oh, my gosh.
0: <laughs> so I love it there. I love it there. It's just, I love that place. So I love that baby, and I hope to be invited back. But, uh, That's the, we'll all
1: be back there October 30th, right? Yes, so.
0: yes indeed. Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. And so on Wednesday's show, I'm going to help you plan your evening. When you come to see the Satellite Sisters on October 30th, I have all kinds of recommendations for what to do in that area of Brooklyn called Dumbo. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All Ooh. right.
2: One more story? Yeah, yeah. go for it. Okay. okay. Um, so the New York Times has a column and it's etiquette questions and it's called social cues. And usually it's questions about wedding RSVPs or returning gifts that you don't want. I read it every week. Um, a lot of times it's questions about an invitation with a plus one, but seeing I never have a plus one, I... I <laughs> I skipped by that, but this week they had an excellent, excellent question that I think we should discuss. So here goes. At the end of lunch at a nice restaurant, one of the two friends I was dining with noticed the couple at the next table was leaving behind three quarters of a yummy-looking dessert. So my friend asked for it, and they gladly handed it over. (laughs)
1: Are you kidding
2: me? No, that's exactly what I thought. So the woman wrote, I laughed and our other friend told me later that she was appalled at this behavior. So I just want to know your opinion on this. And this is the question they ask. Would you ever ask the couple at the table next to you if you could finish their meal? What the heck! <laughs> I mean, that is so bold. I just want to weigh in on this. You know what? If I had struck up a conversation with the couple at the next table, and we had some sort of a relationship going, you know, maybe talking about oh this entree or the chef, or ha ha ha, you shared some laughs with them, and then they left like like an uneaten piece of their dessert there, maybe. I would ask them, but probably not. But these are, I mean, these are complete strangers.
1: And it, what, what the heck? What <laughs> I mean, well, what is this? What's happening? I i am shocked that a restaurant would even comply with that request to handle. Uh, wow. No, I'm with you, Monica. I can't, like, if you want that, order it. <laughs> You know, it is available. (laughs) It's not like the only way in the world you're ever going to eat whatever that is, is to like... Had they actually like eaten part of it, or yeah, was it? Yes. So there's a yes. whole sanitary. Oh yeah, forget. It. Yeah, uh, yeah. Three,
2: uh, three quarters uh, of the dessert was left. I mean, Liz, you don't even like to share food with people at your own table. I do with not. Fam- with family members. That's you correct. correct. Right. I'm always saying, "Do you want to split something?"
1: And your line is, "Get your own." <laughs> <laughs> come on, we like we had years of splitting everything. just move on, just yeah, get your own we're all grown ups now, everybody can get their own. I mean you're in a restaurant, you can get whatever you want, and as much of it as you want right plus i I also think it just puts the
2: the other couple the couple right. that you're stealing food from in a really uncomfortable situation. I mean, what if they're appalled? yeah, what no. if they're shocked now they have to like leave the restaurant feeling guilty or. You know, appalled or just something. it's just I just cannot imagine doing that.
3: I'm always surprised when people ask me like, "Do you want a bite of this? Yeah. You know, oh, do you want it no, I don't know <laughs> no, I can get my own I'm again, maybe it's the big family thing, but I'm like, no, I don't need to eat your food, no, I have my own well, food. well, Monica, I don't want to eat your food.
0: I like Monica, you and I, we have successfully shared, um, appetizers. So whether, I think that's, that's a, but we're sitting at the same table. I don't think you should, I know that's, a, you know, a big deal. You see a lot of that in New York, those community tables where, you know, they, you know, they're big long tables, but they're, uh, mm-hmm. but they, individuals sit down at it. But I don't, I don't think, I don't think you should just take strangers' food. I don't know. I, was, was I don't think that. the restaurant would like that either. They want you to buy your own dessert. They don't want you to like forage for food at other tables. You know. <laughs>
2: No, When are you going to lean over? Are you going to eat those fries? <laughs> I know. That's like something your little brother would say to you. <laughs> know. But you don't say to strangers at the next table.
3: Again. It's, a, I, it's yeah. a good, like, punked thing or something, you know, or what would you do with those news segments that they do when people do outrageous things? Yeah, I would just, it's nuts. When I read that question this morning, I was like, that <laughs> is just, that is crazy.
1: I know. Well, I it does that. put you – like if you're the people that have the half-eaten dessert, w- what would you do if somebody asked you for the rest of your dessert? That yeah. is really hard.
0: Yeah. It puts you in a very awkward position. But
3: right. I would just say, no, you don't know those people. <laughs> and that's your dessert. Take it home. I I'll would say, box I'm it Box it up. <laughs> <laughs> and then it. I'm going to throw it out.
2: But I'm not, I'm not going to share it with you. I would just start eating it. Just start <laughs> eating it. <now. laughs> Even if you're stuck to the gills. just I'm enjoying it. Still enjoying it. Yep. Oh, I know man. we waste
3: a lot of food in this country, uh, but that is not that, – that's not where we, we draw the line. You know, yeah. that, we don't start stop wasting food at a high-end restaurant with dessert.
1: <laughs> There's wow.
3: a, a lot of other places we can get to before that. Wow. Yeah. I.
1: I... <laughs> wow. I would be curious to hear from anyone who thinks this is okay. <laughs> uh, like the, w- What did the columnist actually say? Well, he, he said
2: because everyone laughed and the couple – gladly gave over their uneaten dessert to the table that he thought it was okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Okay. They're wrong. They're wrong about that. Yeah.
1: I mean, the (laughs) the, the couple is socially in a situation where they almost have to, because what rationale do they have for not sharing it? You know, it's not, it's not a sanitary problem for them. If someone else eats their food, you know,
3: (laughs) if they spit (laughs) on their dessert, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. They ask you for it and you just sneeze all over it. Oh, I'm
1: sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Okay, that's a good one, Monica. Thank Crazy. you. Thank you for bringing that forward. I didn't realize that that would be an issue that people could disagree on. But. <laughs> Apparently, people can disagree on anything, despite what the Pope says. It is possible to disagree on anything. All right, here we are. End of the show, sisters. It's been a been an hour. Yep. Woo. Wow. Okay, so we'll get this uh, we'll get this going for today. The Tuesday show is going to be on Wednesday, right? That's right. Yes. Yep. And then That's on true. Thursday, we're going to have the first of the Satellite Sisters. You're the best encore interviews.
3: Ms. Nora Ephron. Yep. Happy to post that. Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait for everyone to hear it. A lot to listen to. A lot to listen to. Listen and share. Thank you, everybody, for,
1: uh, for listening to today's show. We are the Satellite Sisters. Don't forget. Call your Satellite Sisters.